Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm so glad that you're listening this morning. Well, like I said last week, we've been doing this show for a little more than four years. We've recorded over 200 shows. You can get all those at godsolutionshow.com. We've interviewed some of the biggest apologists in the world. We've had some great conversations. We've dug deep into topics that each one of us think about, those existential questions that I talked about last week. We've looked at all these huge questions from the perspective of philosophy and science and history from all these different angles. We've looked at hard evidence for the veracity of the truth of the Bible and the Christian message, the historicity of Jesus's life, death, resurrection, things like that. We've looked at the logic behind all of this, and we've seen that it's coherent. It's been an incredible four years. If you missed last week's show, where we kind of recapped the past four years, you can get that at godsolutionshow.com under the Past Shows tab. And like I said last week, the reason that I was recapping the last four years is that we're about to get picked up by another station, and that means we're going to have a lot of new people in the audience I am going to continue talking here on the radio, so keep tuning in to KDUR each Sunday morning, but also know that we'll kind of be going back and addressing some issues that we've already talked about, which will be fine. It'll be exciting. It's been four years, so I'm sure nobody remembers everything we've talked about over the last four years, but we'll be going back to some different topics again and rehashing some of those arguments. We'll be interviewing a lot of different apologists. We're going to be interviewing some of the people that have already been on. We'll be interviewing others that have not yet been on. It'll be exciting. So the show is going to continue to grow and we're going to continue to give you the best evidence and the most cutting edge information on the truthfulness and the reliability of all that we read in the Bible and the Christian truth claims and Christian theism. So anyway, I'm glad that you're listening. I want to ask you to keep listening and I want to ask you to go back to godsolutionshow.com and see some of the past shows. And to celebrate this week, our 215th show here on KDUR. And this will be our last show where it's just KDUR. Again, you can keep listening to the show here on KDUR, but next week we'll have a larger audience in other areas as well. So it's going to be exciting. But all that being said, last week we kind of recapped the past four years. And this week I wanted to just kind of spend a little bit of time with the KDUR audience before the audience gets larger. And this is kind of special. You have really, really meant so much to me. Four plus years ago when we started this show, I did not know what to expect. I just knew that all these issues were issues that were important to me. I realized that oftentimes people shot down Christianity and Christian truth claims kind of ignorantly. They just assumed all religion is vague and there's no evidence for any religious beliefs. And so we just shoot them all down, they would say. That's not true. We've dug into it deep for the past four years, showing that there is real strong evidence for Christianity, that we can know confidently that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what he says he did and that he can offer you what he claims to offer you, eternal life, and that he alone can make such a claim. We've looked into the evidence for that and found It's solid. Anyway, it's been an incredible four years. And what I've loved more than anything is the fact that you've stuck with me all these years. Now, of course, in this age of tolerance and pluralism, this 
age of political correctness and diversity, it's often been the case that that diversity, that tolerance, that pluralism, that respect, it only cuts one way. In fact, a lot of times it's the Christians who are not tolerated. It is the Christians whose opinion is not given a place in the public realm. In fact, a lot of times Christians have been kind of written off as brainless, as bigots, etc. Unfortunately, the double standard is impossible to miss. Once people start treating Christians like that, they can no longer turn around and say that they stand for tolerance and diversity and pluralism and respect and all these different things. So we realize that there's this incredible double standard prevalent almost everywhere we look. Fortunately, that has not been the case with this station or this school or this community or this show. I've talked about very, very, very strong evidence, but not just evidence, evidence for things that a lot of people had written off. Jesus being the son of God who died for our sins and rose again. This is evidenced in history, but at the same time, it's something that a lot of people had written off and something that a lot of people vehemently oppose. Thankfully, though, that has not stopped this station from allowing me, in the name of tolerance and political correctness and diversity, to air opinions that aren't necessarily commonplace in this community today. So I just wanted to start the show by saying, I'm so thankful for you that you've kept us on the air for four years. This audience has been so good to me. In fact, we could not have been on the air if it wasn't for you. The station here has been so good to me as well, as has been the school. I'm going to take some time to thank different people that have really made this show possible. Now, the first person that really made this show possible was Sarah Bumgarner. Sarah, I'm so thankful that you gave us a shot. I know that you don't agree with everything on our show and that you don't always see eye to eye with me or with my perspective. And you always used to say, Nate, even if I don't agree with what you're saying, I'll fight till the death for your right to say it. Well, that really meant a lot to me. The fact that you would really take a stand for tolerance and diversity and to not just give it lip service, but to say, I really want to allow a place for all sides of the conversation. And honestly, whatever side can state their case with evidence should be able to state their case and be listened to and to be heard. So Sarah Bumgarner, thank you so much for giving the show a shot four and a half years ago and for allowing us to share the evidence for the Christian faith on this station. I'm so glad that you took a risk with us, and I've had a blast because of it. Thank you so much. I also have to thank Bryant Liggett. Bryant has been an amazing support for this show. I know that he has heard some of the nasty emails and phone calls that came to me, and I know he's gotten nasty phone calls and emails that came to him about this show. I know that there are a lot of people that don't like the show and even some that drop their support of the station because of this show. Of course, on the flip side of the coin, we've had many more people that have had positive things to say about the show and have emailed and phone called their support. And we've had even more donors start supporting the station because of the show. So it goes both ways. But either way, the fact that Bryant was willing to support the show, even when it wasn't always everyone's favorite, means a lot to me. It shows that he as well really values tolerance and diversity. doesn't just pay at lip service. 
And I think for a community radio station manager, that is an incredibly valuable thing. Somebody that would support all sides of the conversation, not out of their own bias, but simply because they want to create the best programming possible for the station and to allow a community to have access to all sides of the conversation. So, Bryant, I think you're the greatest station manager in existence today. I'm so thankful for you and for your integrity and your willingness to take risks for the right thing. So thank you so much, Bryant Liggett. I also have to say thanks to John Lynch, the new program manager, who has really supported me ever since he came on board. He's been helpful whenever I had issues with interviews or weird times that I had to be in the station to record an interview or even a long-distance call overseas to a British theologian and doctor of physics that we interviewed about some different topics. He was here early that morning to help that interview happen. He's always been incredibly supportive. He's always bent over backwards to make things work for me, getting extra headsets for other people that happen to be on the interviews and getting extra microphones and doing anything that he needed to do to make this show a success. John, I'm so thankful for your encouragement and support. You've been such a great asset and a resource for this program, and I'm thankful for you. I guess I have to say thanks to the whole KDUR team, because honestly, it's not just those three, but there's a whole team here, and the whole team keeps this station going, and they keep it going strong. I'm so thankful for KDUR and all the staff here that make this station the best station around here. All right, before I get on to more thank yous, though, I have to just mention, if you really do love this show and you really do appreciate the fact that they air The God Solution, go to kdur.org. Again, that's kdur.org, and let them know that you're thankful for all they do. Maybe even hit the Donate tab and make a donation to Fort Lewis and KDUR for keeping shows like this on the air. Well, I mentioned Fort Lewis, and of course, KDUR is the station that is run out of Fort Lewis. And I have to say thank you to Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis is, of course, where I graduated with a degree in chemistry, and I loved doing my four-year bachelor degree here at Fort Lewis College. There's a lot I love about this college. I have been here for many years. After finishing those four years with my undergraduate studies, I went on to spend a couple years volunteering with the ministry I'm on staff with now, working right here at Fort Lewis. And I've spent the past 11 years since then on full-time staff with the ministry here as well. That means I've been around Fort Lewis for 17 years This summer, my wife and I are going to be moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we are going to be working on the UNM campus there, and it'll be really sad to not be here at Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis has really impacted me, and I'll always have it in my heart. Again, we look forward to continuing to reach this audience and this community and letting you hear this show here on a continual basis, and I am so thankful for Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis is Really, really, really supported this show. I know that they've had trouble at times, and they've wondered about having a difference of opinion on the air like this one, but they've supported it and shown that they really do value tolerance and diversity. So I'm thankful for Fort Lewis. And, of course, the Fort Lewis administrator that directly oversees all the RSOs, including KDR, which is the station that we 
do this show on is Mark Mostowski. So I have to say thanks to Mark Mostowski for really taking a risk with us and letting us do this show. I know it wasn't easy, and I'm thankful to Mark Mostowski for letting us do this show. Again, I have to say thanks to the audience, because if it wasn't for the audience, we couldn't possibly have done this show for the past four-plus years. It's been great spending time with you every Sunday morning. I've enjoyed it. I enjoy your support. I've had the privilege of bumping into people throughout town on numerous occasions where people say, hey, I recognize your voice. I listen to you every Sunday and things like that. It's been a real pleasure getting to do this show here in town. So thank you again for listening and supporting the show. Last but not least, I have to thank my wife, Erin. Honestly, I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for her support and for her getting on board with the idea of doing it in the first place. So thank you, Erin, for making this show a reality. Well, anyway, those are some of the people that I'm thankful to for helping get this show going and keep it going. Well, last week, like I said, I recapped the past four-plus years of this show. And so this week, which is our last week before we expand to a larger audience, we'll keep again doing the show here, but this week I just wanted to take some time and to base it on last week's recap of what we've talked about the past four years and really drive it home. But before I get there, I just want to remind you, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM in Durango and KDUR.org online. Thanks so much for listening. Well, like I said last week, we talked about the past four years. We talked about the evidence for the Christian faith from the perspectives of history, philosophy, and logic, science, from all these different dimensions, from all these different realms, and mentioned how the evidence for the Christian faith is strong. And it's not just strong. I think it's unable to be argued against. I don't think that you can actually deny it with evidence. I think when people try to deny it, they actually end up getting into trouble because they have to agree with many of the claims of the Christian faith in order to deny it. Frank Turk just wrote a book called Stealing from God, How Atheists Need God to Make Their Case. And I kind of think that's true. The evidence for the Christian faith is solid. The evidence for Christian theism is solid. But now what? What does that mean? Well, it's strong. Like I said, from all these different dimensions, the evidence is strong. But it has to go beyond that. We can't just say, oh, the evidence is strong. We know that historically we can confirm, even from texts outside of the Bible, that Jesus lived, died, did the kinds of things while he was on this planet that the Bible talks about, and actually rose again. Yes, even secular sources admit that the body was gone. Or even hostile sources try to claim that Jesus was risen through magic and things like that. So we see this hostile confirmation of what the Bible says truly occurred. We, we see all throughout these different areas, the evidence for the Christian faith. But now what? What do I do with that? If it's just evidence, if it's just logical arguments, that's not enough. Because no one ever made any kind of life-changing decision simply based on evidence. We actually have to go a step further. We have to step out on the evidence that we know to be true. If I were to tell you today that there's someone giving away a million dollars down at McDonald's to anyone that buys a Big Mac, you would probably think I'm crazy. But if I convinced you through a lot of evidence, like maybe I showed you my bank account and showed you that somebody just gave me a million dollars or something like that, of course they didn't. But if I were to do something like that, maybe I could convince you 
that that was true. Now, if I really did convince you that it was true, that would be irrelevant to you unless you took the next step and actually went down there yourself to investigate or went down there yourself to take a step based on the evidence. See, evidence only gets us so far, and from there we have to take a step of faith. Now, a lot of times people think that faith is just a leap into the unknown. Now, that's crazy. I'm the firmest antagonist of a leap into the unknown of anyone you'll ever meet. I think it's absurd to just believe things because we want to or because they feel good. I think that's crazy. So when Dawkins says that nobody should have that kind of faith, I agree with Dawkins. He's right. Nobody should have that blind leap into the dark without evidence. That's not faith. That's ignorance and stupidity. What we need to do is to step out based on the evidence. And that's what faith really is. See, we all live our lives every day, even Dawkins the atheist and anybody else that happens to be in the same theological boat as him. We all live by faith. In fact, every single person alive lives daily by faith. There is all sorts of information that you believe to be true, and hopefully you've researched it and done your homework and you have good reason to believe that it's true, but you've chosen to live your life based on the things that you believe to be true. That's what faith is. Faith is the decisions that you make about life in light of what you believe to be true. It's how you live your life in light of what you believe to be true. Now, if you don't believe God exists and you live your life as if God does not exist, that, of course, is your statement of faith. That's how you live by faith. You live by faith that God does not exist. You have researched and you think that there's evidence that disproves God's existence. I have to state here that there's no evidence for God's non-existence. In fact, I don't even know how someone could come up with evidence for God's non-existence. Usually the atheist doesn't present evidence in favor of their case. Rather, they try to make this crazy claim that the theist doesn't have enough evidence, therefore God must not exist. Well, even if they were correct in the theist's lack of evidence, they're not, but even if they were, that would by no means disprove God's existence. But let's just say the atheist has actually come to a place where he thinks he can reasonably disprove God's existence. Well, that's how he lives his life based on that evidence. Again, I think it's poor evidence, but his life is a life of faith. You cannot prove in a laboratory that God does not exist. So he lives daily by faith in God's non-existence. Now, maybe others from other religions would believe that Muhammad is the right way to God, or maybe Buddha has the right answers for life, or who knows what these other religious systems might believe. But regardless, each one of them has to make the same step. They they survey the evidence, they look at the evidence, and then from there, they make a decision about how they will live their lives. So faith is not just this leap into the dark, but it's how you decide to live your life based on the evidence that you have. Now, if the evidence you have is weak, and you believe it in spite of that weak evidence, and you live your life as if that position is true in spite of the weak evidence, now that is a leap into the dark. Now, that's what Dawkins is doing. When Dawkins says there is no God, he is smart enough to recognize that to prove there is no God, he would have to know everything in the universe. And of course, that's not possible. He's also smart enough to realize that the law of cause and effect is valid. And if God does not exist, 
there would have to be an infinite regress of causes, which is logically impossible. So he realizes, again, that his position is fatally flawed. Of course, he realizes again that statistically his naturalistic case for the universe falls apart. That's why he often uses the phrase, a stroke of luck, because he realizes that statistically his position is invalid. You, you can go on down the line, but the reality is Dawkins believes in God's non-existence, even though he could not prove that without knowing everything in the universe. In fact, that absolute negation is a logical fallacy, and he's smart enough to recognize that. He's smart enough to recognize that his position flies in the face of the law of causality. He's smart enough to realize that his case flies in the face of statistics and therefore science, yet he still maintains it. That is truly a leap into the dark, and I wish he'd follow his own advice and say, that's bad faith. Now, for the Christian, we realize that once we understand the veracity of the evidence for the Christian faith, we take a step of faith based on that evidence. This isn't a leap into the dark, but it's a step of faith, realizing if this is true, then I really have to do something about it. It should impact the way I live my life. So that's where I really want to leave you today, is if everything I've said for the past four years is true, and I think I've supported that evidentially from every area imaginable, if it is true, what does that mean for you? What are you going to do about it? That's the next step that I'm talking about, a step based on the evidence, not just a leap into the dark, but literally a step based on solid evidence. Now, you might say, what about doubt? What if I still have some doubt lingering about all that you've said? Well, that's fine. So do I. You might think that's a shock. Again, go to godsolutionshow.com, past shows and see the show titled, My Top 10 Doubts. Here's what I want to tell you about doubt. Everyone has doubt. Dawkins, again, I just have to use him because he's the most famous atheist alive, but Dawkins himself has doubts about his atheism. In fact, in a debate a couple years ago, he admitted that he was not completely confident of God's non-existence. He said he was something like 6.5 out of 7 sure of God's non-existence. He allowed for this little possibility that God could exist. Now, he was admitting some of his doubts about his atheism. Here's one I want to tell you about doubt. Everyone has doubt about all different types of things. In fact, doubt is a human condition. It's not something that Christians alone struggle with. It's not something that people alone thinking about God struggle with. It's something that all people have about all decisions that they make and all things that they believe. In fact, if you're a college student, you might wonder whether or not you picked the right degree or whether or not this degree will help you do any better in life than if you hadn't taken the classes you took. If you're married, you might doubt occasionally whether you married the right spouse. You might doubt whether you picked the right career. You might doubt whether you picked the right town to live in. If you live in Durango, you probably don't doubt that very often. You might doubt all sorts of different things, whether or not your decisions about finances are going to leave you better off, whether or not your exercise routine will keep you healthy and prolong your life. I don't know what your doubts are, but we all have doubt. That's a human condition. Now, whenever we make decisions about things, especially big decisions, we tend to second guess them or we have questions about whether or not they were the right decisions. That is a reality that is true of all human decisions. 
It's not just true of your walk with God or what you believe about God. So when you come to Christ, Jesus doesn't say, come once you have no more doubt. I don't know a Christian alive that doesn't have any doubts about their Christian faith. Just like I don't know an atheist alive that doesn't have any doubts about their atheistic faith, nor any other religious person. We all have doubts because it's human nature to second-guess ourselves and to think through things and to continue asking questions. And that's actually a good thing. It helps us get clarity and really know for certain whether what we're believing is really true. So when you come to Christ, you don't say, oh, I have two or three lingering doubts, so I can't make a decision to trust Christ. No, what we say is the overwhelming majority of the evidence says that I can believe in Christ and that he really did die on the cross for my sins, and he rose again to give me new life and eternal life. There are questions that you might have beyond that. And you know what? Questions get answered over time, and you'll have new questions pop up over time, and those will get answered, and you'll see that process going on and on and on. But the reality is that the evidence for faith in Christ is strong, and today you can make a decision based on that evidence. You can actually step out based on that evidence. And that's solid faith, not the leap into the dark kind of faith. Now, after four years of looking at the evidence and after last week of really recapping all that evidence from all these different dimensions, I want to ask you if you haven't yet to take that step today to really say the evidence is strong for all that Jesus said and all that he promised. And even though I don't have every question answered, Today, I'm going to make a decision to take a step of faith based on that evidence and to trust him with my life and eternity. That doesn't just mean I pray a simple prayer and I'm in. It literally means I realize that he really is who he says he is and that I need to surrender to him. That means I've been holding on to the steering wheel of my life for so long and it's time to hand it over to him. It means I have all these fears about what will happen when I die. And I can trust him because he actually conquered death. If you're at that point today where you say, yep, I need to put my trust in Jesus. The evidence is strong. I have some lingering questions. I'll get those answered in time. But for now, I need to take a step of faith. You can do that today. You can simply, based on the evidence that we've talked about, verbalize your faith through prayer. And again, this prayer is not a magic trick, but it's just a way of verbalizing to God your desire to begin a relationship with him, to put your faith and trust in him, and to ask him to forgive you. He says when you do that, when you really do put your faith in him, he will forgive you and adopt you into his family, and he'll give you a life of meaning and purpose on this planet, and he'll guarantee an eternity with him in heaven. That's quite the promise. And again, he backed it up, and the evidence is strong that you can take him up on his offer. If you want to do that today, I can't think of a better way to celebrate the last four years of the God Solution show on this station. You could take that step right now, verbalizing it through prayer, saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and that you died on the cross for my sins. Please come into my life. Please be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross and for rising again so that I could enjoy a relationship with you today and for the rest of my life. Please make me the kind of person you want me to be and lead me and guide me as I follow you. Amen. Well, the Bible says if you took that step today and verbalized that through prayer, that you've been adopted into his family, having put your faith in him. 
You can look forward to a life of meaning and purpose on this planet. He literally does have a purpose for you that is unique, and it will make an impact for all of eternity. Additionally, you can look forward to an eternity with him in heaven. He promised it, and you can take him at his word. Again, he showed that he's trustworthy when it comes to that issue. He alone has conquered death, and we can trust him when he offers to do that for us. Well, again, it's been a great four-plus years with you on KDUR here doing the God Solution Show. Keep tuned in. Next week, we'll be expanding to a larger audience on new station and all this. But at the same time, we'll be right here again next week. And I'm excited to keep meeting with you every Sunday morning to talk about these important issues. You can go to godsolutionshow.com and see a list of local churches that you could visit this morning. You could also, while you're there, use the comment section to leave me a message about how the God Solution has impacted your life. I'd love to hear it. I can't think of a better way to celebrate the last four years of the God Solution Show. Well, like I always say, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart. And I think the evidence supports it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God is